Uh, hey, as, uh, as, as Charlie said, uh, it's Give Day today. And, um, you know, giving is something that we get to do as a family together. Uh, it's exciting and uh, it's something we can do to bless one another. And most of all, it's part of our worship uh, and it's something that we like to do here a couple of times a year uh, to really talk about giving, to think about what it is that God is calling us to as a family uh, in the way that we uh, give. We're going to be looking at Hebrews uh, in a little bit, so if you want to find that uh, in your Bibles, uh, we're going to be reading from the end of Hebrews uh, chapter 5, um, so do stick your finger in there uh, if you find it. We're going to get there in a moment. you want to join me there, it's on page 1138. But like I say, we're going to talk about giving today, and actually it's something that we don't talk about all the time, but actually we love to talk about giving, because giving is a really important part of, uh, of who we are. And as Charlie said at the beginning, if you're new here today, if this is your first time, if you go to another church, uh, we don't want you to feel under any pressure uh, at all uh, today. Uh, this is something that we love to do as a family. You know, we love to give uh, together. So, so if you're here for the first time, then please don't feel under any pressure by anything uh, that we are, are going to look at. But basically, there's just three things that I really want to say uh, today. Uh, and those three things uh, are, are that bold giving you know, giving is a part of our worship. That's the first thing I want to say. And then bold giving, the kind of giving that we want to give to God, is something that reflects maturity and the way that we grow in our relationship with God. And thirdly, uh, bold giving requires confidence. And that's really the three things that I want to talk to us about uh, today. And then we're going to think about how we take up uh, an offering together. But you know, the place I want to start is with your vision. Because the amazing thing, as I have found coming here, and I haven't been here long as a rector, you know, I just came here in the summer, is that it's been such a privilege to come and join in with you because you have such a bold vision and a bold understanding of what it is that God has called you to. You know, and I've been amazed spending time with with many of you just listening uh, to, to you and listening to your heart and listening to all that God is calling you to. You know, this is a church with a strong sense of identity, a strong vision to make disciples, to transform communities. And to plant churches. And as I said before, the amazing thing about you guys is that you are not just talk. You know, that is what you do. You know, this is an incredible church. It's an amazing place with a rich history. A rich history. This is what you are seeing and what you have seen. And I believe, as well as that, this is a church with a clear mandate to work outside of its own walls and its own borders You know, this is a church, I believe, that is called to draw together the people of God all across Tower Hamlets, perhaps even further afield, to come together and to share the love of Jesus in remarkable ways. That is what you are doing. You know, you are an incredible people. And it happens because you are a generous people. And I'm just blown away by the way in which you are making an impact uh, all over uh, this area and actually further afield. In fact, in the last, in the last 12 weeks, I've, li- I've only been here for 12 weeks. feels like I've been here for a, forever. I've only been here for 12 weeks. In the last 12 weeks, I've had visits uh, from church leaders and uh, church planters from Sweden and from Finland and from a few other countries. 
countries around Europe and a few further afield. I've had a visit from um, an archdeacon from outside of this diocese, not even in, in the London diocese. Uh, a visit from some people from a church uh, from South London who've wanted to come and find out what is going on at SPS. And that is just in the last 12 weeks. And they're not coming to see me, but they, they want to find out what is it that's going on here. Because this is a church that impacts in an incredible way. That is who you are. And I've been blown away by that. I mean, and that's not even talking about the fact that you guys have just sent out five, five leaders to go and train for ordination. You know, to equip the rest of the church. I mean, that is incredible. You are a generous, generous family and you are impacting people uh, that you don't even know. It's incredible. And I'm just blown away that I uh, have the privilege to come and join in with all that God is doing amongst you. You know, and over the last uh, few weeks, in fact, if you can cast your mind back to September, the beginning of September, which bizarrely is quite a long time ago now. I can't believe we're already way into October. Uh, but at the beginning of September, we began thinking about our vision. Uh, and there were three things that we looked at in consecutive weeks. And the first thing was the fact that we're called to have a strong core in this church. Especially as we think about making disciples and what does it mean to be a disciple. Uh, and, and I'm just reminding us of this bold vision that Jesus has given us. You know, we talked about having a strong core, which is, which is to celebrate to celebrate in everything we do. And of course, that's why Sundays is so important. But more than Sundays, we want to boldly celebrate who Jesus is. We want to organize ourselves really, really, really well around Jesus so that we can steward all that he has given us in order to make an impact for him. We want to celebrate, we want to organize, we want to do relationships really, really well. We want to love one another boldly you know, we want to stand with one another in the good times and the bad. And we want to evangelize. We want to tell people boldly about the Jesus that we see. Celebration, organization, relationships and evangelism. That is our core. You know, and that is what you do so well. You know, and then in the second week, we looked at the idea of building bridges. You know, and this is a church that builds bridges throughout this community and further afield. As I've just been explaining some of the impact of that. You know, but it's been incredible to spend time with different ones of you and just hear some of the stories that you have about the ways in which you, personally and as a community, are reaching out and building bridges to people who need to come and see Jesus. It was amazing last week at Alpha to have so many people there and have the opportunity to build bridges in a whole new way to a whole new group of people and talk about the Jesus that we see. You know, what an incredible privilege we have. And then the third week, back in September, we looked at this idea of more. You know, there is so much that is happening here at St. Paul Shadwell. So much that has been happening throughout these past years. But you know what? Our God is a God where there is always more. Jesus always promises us more. You know, and I firmly believe that God has so, so much more for every single one of us and for us as a church family. And I'm so excited about this new season that we are all stepping into together. And wrapping up all of that is this word bold. This idea that as a church we are called to be bold in everything that we do. And I believe that is a word for each one of us for, for now. We're called to have a bold vision. 
a bold vision that's based on seeing the person of Jesus Christ. And so that's why over the, the last term we've been, uh, begun to look at the book of Hebrews, which is an amazing opportunity for us to look at Jesus together. You know, and we, we started off with those few weeks. Alexandra uh, has been speaking over the last two weeks and just thinking about the idea of priesthood. You know, it's been brilliant to hear uh, from Alexandra. And, um, and the amazing thing about the book of Hebrews is that there's this kind of sort of thrust that goes all the way through it where it begins by saying, this is Jesus. The writer of Hebrews kind of holds up the person of Jesus and says, this is who Jesus is and he is amazing. Jesus is incredible. He is better than anything that has ever gone before, better than the prophets, better than the angels, even better than Moses. I don't know if you remember we looked at that and this idea that Moses for the Hebrews was this guy that set their whole worldview. But actually the writer of Hebrews is saying Jesus is bigger than all of that and he's better than all of that. So we come to him and we worship him. You know, we give back to him because he is amazing. And so we begin with this incredible kind of thrust at the beginning of the book of Hebrews saying, Jesus is incredible. This is the Jesus that we need to see. And then the writer of Hebrews begins to talk to us about why Jesus is amazing. And so these last couple of weeks, we've looked at this idea that Jesus is our priest. You know, Jesus is the one who stands in the gap between us and God. Jesus is our bridge, the one who enables us to come confidently to God. You know, that's what a priest does. They mediate, they stand in the gap. And that is one of the reasons why Jesus is amazing. And actually, as we think about this whole area of giving today, the first thing that we must recognize is that giving is a part of our worship. Because Jesus is worthy of that. Because he is amazing. And because he has done everything required in order for us to come confidently to God. You know, Jesus gives so much to us. And that is why we give back to him. You know, God loves us first. And so we therefore then love him. You know, it begins with Jesus. You know, all of our giving is worship to him. You know, and as we follow this Jesus who is our priests, we too get to become priests. You know, we too get to be those people who get to stand in the gap. You know, we talked about building bridges. We get to be those people that build bridges throughout our community. We get to spend ourselves on behalf of of others, you know, giving our lives boldly as sacrifices to God. You know, so, so giving is about worship. Bold giving is about worship. So in this kind of narrative of Hebrews, it, it kind of, it's fairly so, kind of straight through up until the end of chapter 5 uh, there, where we just hear about how incredible Jesus is and, uh, and how uh, he is our priest. And then it's almost like um, the writer of Hebrews uh, pauses for a moment. And, uh, and I'm just going to read uh, this little section from um, 
the end of chapter 5, verse 7 through to 6, verse 1. And it's almost like the writer of Hebrews kind of pauses this trajectory that he's been going on. He's been talking about how amazing Jesus is, how he's our priest. And then he says this. He says, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the source of our eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in order of Melchizedek. Anyone heard of Melchizedek? One or two. <laughs> We're going to come back to Melchizedek next week. Melchizedek is great, okay? So Jesus was made priest in the order of Melchizedek. And come back next week and find out what that means. Um, but then the writer goes on. He says, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. And anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. So I find that a really challenging little passage of the book of Hebrews. You know, we kind of get this trajectory of Jesus is amazing, Jesus is amazing, and then suddenly the writer pauses and says, hang on a minute, guys, you need to grow up. You need to become mature. You need to listen to this stuff. And this is what he's writing to the Hebrews. And the thing that I want us to take from this passage today that I think is really interesting is in one sense the writer of Hebrews is saying that, that there are two types of Christians. There are those who drink milk and those who eat solid food. There are those who are immature. There are those who are mature. And, and I think that the, the interesting thing for us to take here is that actually what he's not doing here is giving us any kind of uh, reference to, to salvation. He's not saying God loves one set of people more than he loves another. Oh, he's not saying you're not a Christian if you're drinking milk, whatever that means. You are if you're eating solid food. Actually, he's, he's just saying maybe there are two types of people that are relating to God in two different ways. Those who are mature and those who aren't mature. And I, and I think that we all have a responsibility, each one of us, to monitor our diet. You know, each one of us has a responsibility to think about how we are growing and how what we are consuming, what we are exposing ourselves to, how we are feeding ourselves is helping or hindering that process of growing in our relationship with God, of becoming mature. 
You know, I, uh, I saw an amazing documentary uh, called Gyro Dreams of Sushi. I don't know if any of you saw it. It's this amazing documentary where there's this, uh, this guy, and uh, he is, he's in, uh, in, in Tokyo, and, uh, and he's one of the only uh, restaurants, uh, kind of sushi restaurants in the world, where he has three Michelin stars. This is this guy, Gyro, and, and it's only a 10-seater restaurant. It's underneath a flyover uh, in the middle of Tokyo, but he's got three Michelin stars, and it's regarded as the best sushi. You know, and people travel for miles and miles and miles to come and eat Gyro's sushi, and his 10-seater restaurant is booked out months and months and months and months in advance. You know, he is renowned for his sushi, uh, and this documentary kind of follows this sort of old, old guy and, he, uh, and talks to him about sushi and his love uh, for the art of making sushi. And, uh, and towards the end of the documentary, the, the guy who's interviewing him says, uh, he says, Jairi, he says, so where do you go to eat? Where is it that you eat? And so Jairo says to him, he says, well, he says, I only ever eat in the best restaurants that have the best ingredients. I only ever eat the best because if I'm not eating the best, how on earth can I give the best to my customers? And I found that really challenging when I thought about my spiritual journey and the way that I am growing. Because if I am not eating the best, if I am not feeding myself well, how is it that I can feed others? You know, how is it that I can know what it is that I should be giving away? And I want us to just flip this little kind of passage on its head a little bit here in Hebrews. And as we just consider uh, giving together this morning, I'd love us to think about this not as consumers, but as chefs. Because actually all of you guys are, you are leaders. You know, all of you are involved in in serving up Jesus throughout this community, every single one of you. You know, and we've talked you know, just a little bit about how you do that. You know, it's amazing. That's what you guys do. And I want us to think just quickly about how is it that we do that. Because I think it takes a lot of effort to give well. It takes a lot of effort to serve things up well. You know, one of the things that I, that I keep learning over and over in my life is just how selfish I am. Uh, I don't know if any of you have noticed this. You don't have to answer that. Um, but there's, uh, there, there are a couple of, of, uh, of big events that have happened in my life that have just shown me, actually, how much I struggle uh, with being a little bit selfish. And the first, the first big moment was when I got married. And, uh, and, and I suddenly realized, oh, my goodness, I've got to think about someone else all the time. Really? You know, and, and, I, and I realized that, actually... That's really difficult. Suddenly I'm having to think about someone else. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm really selfish. And then something else happened, and then it's even worse. I had a child. And all of a sudden, not only did I have to think about someone else, but actually they were dependent on me. And I thought, oh my goodness, do I have to do this all the time? Do I have to care and look after someone and put myself out? You know, and God's taught me a lot 
about myself and I've had to ask him to help me to grow. But you know, one of the things, I was thinking about this recently, and one of the things that I've learned with Adelaide, my, my little girl, she's three, nearly four now, um, and, and when, um, we, when we feed her, uh, I say we, Charlotte, my wife, does, does a whole lot more of that than, than me. But when I, when I get the opportunity to feed uh, Adelaide, um, I, th- I mean, not quite so much now, don't worry, um, parents, you should start judging me now. She's, you know, she's definitely on solid food, it's all right. Um, but but I, I, got, I, had this little, I had this time where actually, if, if Charlotte was out and I was responsible for feeding Adelaide, um, it was so much easier if I just gave her some milk. It was really easy because actually, you know, she would drink that. She was quite happy with that. It meant I didn't really have to prepare anything. I just got it out and I gave it to her. You know, or or maybe, you know, I progressed up that and I just got some of those kind of pre-made like sachets just with squidgy food in and I could give that to her and it was easy for me. Whereas actually if I had to prepare her proper food, solid food, it took effort for me to do that. You know, and I had to think, hang on, no, 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 I, I need to take the time to give well to my child so that she eats well, so that she grows well. And actually to do that requires effort on my part. You know, I don't want to be the kind of father that just fobs my child off with whatever's easy for me. You know, and I think all of us, as we think about giving, as we think about serving up Jesus to other people, You know, it requires effort. It requires intentionality. It requires sacrifice of time and energy and and finances. It requires us to actively to actively give. You know, because giving, bold giving, is about maturity. Not just our maturity, but actually all of our maturity. You know, because as we become mature, we give in a mature way and those around us can become mature. You know, bold giving is worship. Bold giving is about maturity. But bold giving requires confidence. And there's just, I just want to take a moment just to kind of go over a couple of things that I have found have sometimes knocked my confidence in giving to church. I'm just going to talk really practically here. For a moment, and, I, and these are things that have come up in conversations, and things, and I just want to give you f- really quickly just five myths around giving to church. Five things that might knock your confidence, take away your boldness as you choose to give. And the first myth is that SPS doesn't need my money. SPS doesn't need my money. Well, it's not true. You know, it's very easy to walk into a place like this, onto a site like this, and think, oh my goodness, this is, a, this is a wealthy church. You know, we've got some incredible spaces here. You know, we've got an incredible uh, set of grounds here. I mean, we, ha- we, ha- we are rich in what we have right here. And what a privilege it is to be able to use these spaces and to worship in this place. But actually... It's quite hard to maintain these spaces and to maintain them as good worship spaces. SPS does need your money. But I, I want to say something on, on this point, and, uh, and that is really focusing on this O in core, this organisation part of who we are as a church. Uh, and I, 
And I think it is so important as a church that we organise ourselves really, really well. You know, we don't want to be a church that wastes anything, that mismanages any of the amazing resources that we have as a church. And it does cost a lot to run spaces like these. You know, but I think we as a church need to make bold decisions and courageous decisions about how we organize ourselves, to think carefully about how we spend, to think about how we employ, to think about how we manage our spaces, you know, about how we perhaps rent them out to make money when we're not using them. You know, we should be in a position where we can manage ourselves and our resources so well that these resources actually take care of themselves. So that when we talk about giving, what we are really talking about is every single one of us giving into the mission of the church. You know, I don't ever want to ask you to give just to maintain a building. I want to ask you to give so that people come to hear about Jesus because that is why we are here. You know, and I think we need to be really clever about that. We need wisdom from God about how we do that. You know, we need to be seeking him and saying, God, how can we steward everything that we have so, so well that every piece of giving that comes to this church can go into mission and telling people about Jesus? You know, that's got to be where we begin. That's where I want us to begin. So yes, SPS does need your money. But I think it really needs it because we want to tell people about Jesus with it. We want to run more Alpha courses. We want to have more resources to equip each one of you to evangelize, to build bridges throughout your community. So I'm going to try and go quickly through the rest of these. So number two, uh, myth number two. If I give to the church, I'm just giving to a faceless institution. Not true. (laughs) It's not true. You know, if you give to SPS... This is family. You know, you're giving to St. Paul Shadwell. You're giving to all of us. You're enabling all of us to be able to worship better, to be resourced better, to do connect groups better, to have the kind of resources that really help practically, to be able to run a night shelter over the winter months, to be able to do Alpha, you know, to be able to, to welcome students as they come in to this area. You know, that is what your finances go to support here in this place. Yes, we're part of something bigger. We are part of the Church of England. And actually, that is an amazing thing. You know, what a privilege that we get to be a part of something bigger than we are. And yes, we do contribute financially as a church to the wider costs within the Church of England. But I tell you what, we get an awful lot more back than we ever give. And, I, I, and we, we need to be so grateful for all that we have because we are part of the Church of England. The fact that they resource us to be here in this incredible space to declare who Jesus is in this area. You know, but as we give, we give to SPS. We give to this family. Number three, giving is a completely personal issue between me and God. It's not true. The way that you give, yeah, it's personal, but it's not just personal between you and God because the way that you give impacts every single one of us. It does. It impacts the way we worship, the way we do all the things 
that I've just talked about. It impacts the way that we're able to support church plants. You know, we, we, we've celebrated and we've talked about how amazing it is that Benedict is going off as our grandchild church plant to plant in Canning Town, you know, from Bow. What an amazing thing that is. And actually, as you give, it impacts him. It impacts church planting across this area. It's not just something that is personal. You know, Paul, when he was writing to uh, the church in Philippi, he thanks them for their financial gift that they sent to him. And he says, it's not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. You know, Paul is saying that it's not just about money for him. When he was receiving gifts as an amazing church planter, you know, he was saying, actually, the amazing thing about this gift is this impacts beyond you and it's to your credit. You know, what an amazing thing that we can all play a part in everything that is going on. You know, giving is not just about me and God. It's something that we do together. Number four, I don't need to give financially if I give my time or my service. It's not true. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing that you give time. So for some of us, that will be more precious than anything. You know, it is amazing that we serve one another. But you know, there's an amazing theme that echoes throughout the whole of Scripture, and that is the theme of, what do you do with your money? You know, Jesus himself said, where your money is, that's where your heart is. Where you put your treasure, that's, that's where your heart is. You know, there is an imperative for us to give back to God of our finances, as well as our time and our energy. It's important that we do that. You know, when we give of our time and we serve, people benefit from the things that we can do. And that's really great. But when we give of our finances, people can benefit from the things that we can't do. And that's an amazing thing to think about. You know, when we give financially, we release others to go and do what we can't do. It's important that we give financially. And finally, it's important to think about affordability. Myth number five, I can't afford to give. I don't think that's true. You know, of course, you may, you may not want to give, and that's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. You know, but let's say that you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, I'd love to give, but I'm just not quite sure I can give right now. Well, I, I just want to, and I'm going to finish with this, just give you three really, really quick P's so you can remember them. Things that have helped me as I've thought about how I can give boldly. And the first thing is priority. You know, affordable giving happens when we make it a priority. You know, I've learned really early on in my life that actually if I kind of wait and see what I've got left and then give out of what I've got left, I don't really give at all. There's never enough left. But giving, God says, should be a priority. We give first you know, Charlie uh, talked to us about that verse in 2 Corinthians where it says, each person must give as he has decided in his heart. And this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. 
You know, he's basically saying, think about it, pray about it, decide what it is you want to give, and then give it. You know, don't give by saying, oh, what's left over? But consider it. Think about it in your heart, and then give it. You know, we give because we've decided to give. You know, giving needs to be a priority. Giving needs to be a percentage. And certainly that's a good way for us to begin. It's a good way for us to think about it. And again, as, the, uh, as we read in Scripture about giving, uh, we hear this echo of a percentage that comes uh, throughout uh, Scripture. And often the figure 10% is the one that is mentioned. And for some of us, 10% uh, may be way, way too much. For others, it may not be enough. You know, I, I, I believe that we are taught that giving should be percentage-based because it gives us a place to start. It helps us to consider in our heart what it is that God is calling us to give. You know, when I was, uh, when I was a kid, I'm, I'm very grateful to my parents that they taught me to tithe. When I was very young, I used to, uh, I used to give away 10% of my pocket money and that was great. And then I got a paper round and I gave away 10% of my paper round. And then eventually I started earning proper money and it was a lot harder to give away 10% of my proper money. Um, but you know what? I, I am so grateful to my parents for teaching me this principle of percentage-based giving because it gave me somewhere to start. You know, otherwise you sit down the blank sheet of paper and think, what on earth should I give? You know, well, actually, if we, if we begin with a percentage, and it might be that we just begin with, with 2%, it might, it might be more. But if we begin somewhere, it means we are, we are giving. And finally, uh, giving is, is priorities, is a percentage. And bold giving should be progressive. It should be progressive. You know, two things happen, all being well, <laughs> as we go through life. And that's often that our income will increase and our faith in Jesus will increase. doesn't always happen. Sometimes it goes up and down. But we want to give in a way that reflects those increases in our life. You know, as I said, I started giving 10% very early on and I'm grateful for my parents teaching me uh, to do that. Um, but I've gradually been able to increase uh, the way uh, that I give. And I got married and, and Charlotte and I will sometimes sit down and we'll talk about how much we want to give and think about oh, what is it that God's telling us to do. And so now uh, we actually give about 18 or 19% away. And I'm not telling you that to, to boast. I'm telling you that because I want to be transparent. I'm telling you that because I believe this is really important. And I believe we're in this together. And it's something that's not just about me and God, but it's something that's about all of us. You know, as I have trusted in God, we've been able to, to think about, well, what is it that we can give over and above what we were giving before? You know, and that's really been an important thing for us to do. And I'd love to encourage you to think about how can you give in a way that is progressive, 
So we're called to be bold givers, giving out of worship, giving because we are growing in maturity in our relationship with God and we want to see others grow in maturity too. And we can have confidence as we give because ultimately we give out of a vision that we have to see Jesus known in this place. You know, we are bold in the way that we give because we see Jesus. And in, in a minute, we're going to do some bold giving right now. We're doing a little bit different here this morning. Uh, we're going we're, we're to take some, some time in a slightly different fashion to do our offering uh, this morning. And, uh, and I'm, I want to just create a little bit of space and a little bit of time for us uh, now. And um, in, in a minute, the, the, the band are going to come back and they're just going to play uh, a little bit and um, we are, we're going to worship and uh, we're going to have this box here at the front of the church and we're all going to come forward and give today uh, at the front uh, of the church. And the way I'd love us to do that is there are giving envelopes um, in the backs of the chairs in front of you um, and there's some pens at the front uh, and I'd love us just to take a moment we're going to put, if we put, we're going to put a little bit of music on uh, in the background and I'd love us just to think a little bit uh, just for a moment about what, how is it that God wants us to join in because the way we give uh, is an opportunity to say yes, I am a part of SPS I'm a part of this family I love this vision and I want to see Jesus known in this place. I want us to have a strong core to build bridges through our community and to see more and more and more of what God has for us. So there's lots of ways that we can give. You can give online. The easiest way probably is just to go to sps.church forward slash give. Uh, you can do it now on your phone. You can do it later at home on a computer. Simple. If we've got your details, it'll immediately find who you are in our database and you're able to give a regular amount or a one-off amount. sps.church forward slash give. You know, but there are lots of ways that you can give. You know, I use something called stewardship. Uh, which is uh, a way in which you can manage all of your giving. You know, Lepton, I know a lot of you use Lepton. You can go to lepton.org. These are tools that are there to help us manage our giving. We have these giving envelopes. You can put checks or cash in those giving envelopes. You can fill out gift aid certificates. There are schemes that you can give at work. Amazing government schemes where your employer will match uh, the contributions that you make towards a charity. There are lots of amazing ways that you can give that are really cost effective and enable us to claim uh, charitable giving aid back. You know, if you want to talk about any of those, I would love to chat with you if, you, if you're not sure how it is best for you to give. But what I'd like us to do this morning uh, is to take our envelopes. Um, we're going to give some pens out in a minute. You might just have an offering with you today. You might be ready and prepared. You can put that in the envelope uh, and give that. Uh, but it might be that you want to write a pledge on the envelope. You know, it might be that you just want to write, I'm going to think about this and I'll come back next week. You know, it might be that you just want to write a prayer actually, for the team here to bless them as they count up uh, the money and look at our financial systems. But I would love it if all of us, if you, if you, if you want to, would just write something on 
on an envelope. And, uh, and then as we worship, I'm going to invite us all to come forward, if you want to, uh, and put those, uh, those gifts, those pledges, those prayers into the box at the front of church. And I think it's something that's really symbolic that we get to do together, that we get up and we do this thing together, because this is about each and every one of us. So let's be bold givers, responding to the bold vision that Jesus has for us. So let's just take a minute. Should we just pop some music on?